Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the normal, everyday rhythms of life. Today I have on my podcast with me, I've got our direct, our deacon of youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And I've got my pastoral assistant, Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. And today we are bringing you another theology for everyone, that the study of God is for everyone. We want everyone to know God, know God's word, and understand him more accurately because um, if you want to worship him, accurately, you need to understand him accurately. Mm-hmm. If you have a fuzzy picture of God, that's going to f- produce fuzzy affections. You're not really going to know, you know, how to worship him, right? But when you see him clearly in the work that he's done for you, clearly it's going to move your heart to worship him passionately. And so we're jumping back into uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, this is very important for us. If we're going to keep our faith in this crazy cultural climate that we find ourselves in, we need to have some solid uh, meat to sink our teeth in. We need to have some solid footholds to to put our feet in and handholds to to wrap our fingers around. And there's nothing more solid than the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And this Westminster Confession of Faith is one of the best documents, historical documents ever written for the Christian church to synthesize their faith, to synthesize what the Bible teaches into, into a systematic theology, mm. okay? And right now we're on chapter 11 of justification, a big word, justification. We kind of talk about a lot. It's very important to our faith. We are in Article 3 and Article 4. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to try to tackle today. And let me go ahead and read it and then we'll, we'll break it down, okay? Here's what the Westminster Divines write. Christ, pause, Christ, uh, this isn't Jesus' last name, uh, Christ means Messiah, okay? So right away they're talking about Jesus. Jesus is the, is the Messiah, what? All right, the Messiah. So Christ, by his obedience and death, did fully discharge the debt of all those that are just thus justified and did make a proper, real, and full satisfaction to his Father's justice in their behalf. Yet, inasmuch as he was given by the Father for them and his obedience and satisfaction accepted in their stead and both freely, not for anything in them, Their justification is only of free grace, that both the exact justice and rich grace of God might be glorified in the justification of sinners. All right. I know there's a lot of theological terms there. This is kind of, you know, a little bit archaic language. It's a big, long paragraph. You're sitting there listening. It might be all discombobulated in our head. So let's go through this um, line by line and... I'll kind of read it, and then we'll maybe share some scriptures, and then we'll Mm -hmm. talk about it, okay? Christ, by his obedience and death. First thing I want you to see is the Messiah. There was two sides to his work. There was his obedience and his death, okay? Later we'll find out why, but 
it was important that he was sinless and he obeyed God in everything. And it was also important that he died on the cross for, for our sins. Christ, by his obedience and death, did fully discharge the debt of all those that are thus justified and did make a proper, real, and full satisfaction to his Father's justice in their behalf. We got some text on that? Yeah, we have uh, 1 Timothy 2. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is all testimony given at the proper time. Is that it? That's it. Okay, we have a bunch more, but we don't need to read them all. <clears throat> okay. Here is, here's, we need to understand this. He says this, Christ, by his obedience and death, did fully discharge the debt of all those that are justified and did make a proper, real, and full satisfaction to his Father's justice on their behalf. Here we hear the word debt and a full satisfaction to his Father's justice. So where, who was the debt? What was the debt? Who was the debt owed to? The debt was to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The debt was owed because we sinned against God. Therefore, that puts us in his debt. And now what's owed to us is death and judgment in hell. But Christ, by his life and by his death, paid, made a full satisfaction, ransomed us, he, may, he paid that to his father's justice. So now God could forgive us and still be just. If he just said, oh yeah, no big deal, buddy. I know you didn't mean it too big. No, you know, no big deal. God would no longer be unjust. He, or God would be unjust. He would no longer be just. He would be overlooking sin. Mm. And God cannot overlook sin. He has to punish all sin because mm. he's holy and he's righteous, yeah. right? And so Christ, by his obedience and death, discharged the debt. That means... When we are justified, we no longer have that debt over our head. Mm -hmm. God paid our debt, mm -hmm. right? We're f the, and the, the, basically, what were we going to get? We were going to get the wrath of God. Jesus has absorbed the wrath of God on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people say justification is just, and now God looks at me just as if I had never sinned, okay? So some people might ask, it's like, well, so if that's the case, we could just sin, right? Yeah, and that's exactly what Paul presupposes we're going to say in the book of Romans, and his answer is, by no means. <laughs> uh, absolutely not, because if you understand what God, if you understand that what God has done for you, what Jesus has done for you by justifying you and paying the price for your sins, you're going to want to worship him with your whole life. Yeah. Right? And follow him with everything. Okay. So they go on. Yet, inasmuch as he, Jesus, was given by the Father for them, and his obedience and satisfaction accepted in their stead. Okay, so here's what he's saying. The Father sent the Son to come live the perfect life, Right? and die a substitutionary death. So Jesus took our place and he was condemned so that we could be justified, right? Mm -hmm. He was crucified so that we could, we could live. That our sin, the debt of our sin was paid on the cross so we could go free, mm -hmm. right? But here's the other side of that. The father 
sent the son to do it. The son did it, but then the father accepted it. It says his, Jesus's obedience and satisfaction accepted in their stead and both freely, not for anything in them. Their justification is only free grace. That both the exact justice and rich grace of God might be glorified in the justification of sinners. So not only was it all grace that Jesus lived the perfect life and died the substitutionary death in our place, it was also free grace that God accepted the gift. That God sent the Son and God accepted the gift and said, yes, hmm. you were justified. Yeah. Right? Solely by the work of Jesus. Not because of anything you were ever going to do. Not because you're going to be Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Mother Teresa is what I meant to say. And I, <laughs> Mona Lisa came out. Not because you're going to be Mother Teresa. Not because you're going to be a pastor. You, I justified you solely because you are one of the elect and Jesus Christ lived for you and died for you. Mm. That God might be glorified in the justification of sinners. Mm. So saving us in this way brings maximum glory to God. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm. We got some other texts that we want to share there? Yeah, so uh, Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Mm. And then we have uh, Romans 3. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. So God, the way God saves us by Jesus living, counting Jesus's righteousness as our own and our sin being counted to Jesus and Jesus being condemned in our place, it make God keep, he keeps his justice. He remains just. He never overlooks sin. He punishes it instead in his son. And he's also the justifier. He's also the one that makes guilty people righteous. Hmm. He makes sinners saints. And so this shows that God is both just and the justifier, or just and merciful, or just and gracious. And this brings maximum glory to God. Hmm. Why is it important to have a firm grasp on this and to be intentional about teaching kids and teaching um, new uh, baby Christians? Oof. Well, I think there's a lot of implications from this. Number one, I think we're born with an innate sense that we must earn mm. our righteousness with God. We must somehow clean ourselves up and become better. And if we embrace that system, we could call it legalism or moralism. When we embrace that system, most of the time we're never quite sure if God loves us or if God accepts us, if we're forgiven, if we're in, if we're Christian, if we're going to heaven because our obedience is so hit or miss. Mm. And so if we're basing it on our own works, how much we read the Bible, how much we understand the Bible, how much we believe the Bible, how much money we give, how often we go to church, how many times we've shared our faith this month, we're always going to be kind of looking over our shoulder for the wrath of God to come. Mm -hmm. We're never going to be convinced that God actually loves us and that he's actually happy with us, right? Yeah. And so understanding that my righteousness, well, my justification came outside of, not because of my works, but because of Jesus's works. 
and my justification is a once and for all thing. That I, when I put my faith in Christ, I am justified. God looks at me just as if I had never sinned right now. I can be confident in my salvation. I can be confident in the Father's love for me. And I I don't fear that I'm going to slip out of his hand and slip out of his good favor and slip out of his grace. So I think it's important to teach everyone that we, um, that we can't be lost. You know I mean? We can have uh, surety of our salvation. We can have confidence that, that we're saved and that, uh, and then, and then secondly, sometimes we, if we are more disciplined and we, we've kind of put, we kind of lower God's standard down to being a pretty good person and going to church a little while and reading, reading a few books or Mm -hmm. reading the Bible that we can become proud and look down on other people and think that, you know, well, what's wrong with that guy? Why didn't he just pull himself up by the bootstraps and fix his life? When in reality, you know, God justified us and God set us free from the bondage of sin and God did all this stuff and that enabled us to live as free men. And so I think it keeps us humble too to realize there was nothing in us. God didn't look at me and go, wow, look at that guy. He can really preach. Look at that guy. He can really, uh, he's got some gifts. I, I really need to use that guy. No, God looked at me and saw nothing but sin and heinousness and I was yeah. a child of wrath and just by his grace, mm. he, he saved me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think those are a couple of reasons. Mm. Yeah. All right. Article four. God did from all eternity decree to justify all the elect. And Christ did, in the fullness of time, die for their sins and rise again for their justification. Nevertheless, they are not justified until the Holy Spirit doth in due time actually apply Christ unto them. Hmm. All right. High theology here, y'all. High theology. We've got some, we're all the way back in eternity. Let's read it again and, and check on some scripture. God did from all eternity decree to justify all the elect. We got a text for that? Yep. We have first pretty first Peter 1, 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of the Lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundations of the world but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Mm, For the sake of you. Mm. Okay. So you can read Ephesians 1. It talks about the, and I think we've talked about election already on here, that God, by his sheer grace, chose us, chose the elect Mm -hmm. um, to be saved. And every single one that God chose, he justified. Mm-hmm. All the elect are justified. There's not one elect who did not get justified and then therefore did not get forgiven and did not come into, come into faith, okay? And so they make, here's what they're getting at. There's some scriptures that say Jesus died on the cross for the whole world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about that, if Jesus died on the cross for the whole world, then why is the whole world saved? Well, somebody says, well, because the whole world doesn't have faith. You're only, you have to have faith 
in order to believe. Well, you're right, but where does faith come from? Who gets faith, right? The, the Bible's answer is the elect. That faith isn't something that I muster up in my, like my own willpower. Like I muster up faith. Faith is a gift of God that I may not boast, right? Mm-hmm. Ephesians says. And so God has the elect. He justifies the elect. He gives the elect faith. And then and, and they, and he puts the elect in a place to hear the preaching of God's word, usually, or read scriptures or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the faith that the, that the Holy Spirit brings to that person, that person uses and puts into practice and believes in Jesus Christ. Mm. But it was God who elected them, God who justified them, Jesus who took their place, the Holy Spirit who opened their eyes and opened their ears, the Holy Spirit who sent the preacher to preach the gospel, and then the Holy Spirit to give them the faith to believe on Jesus Christ. Mm. So somebody asked, uh, can you have faith but then no practice? Um, yeah, James says faith without works is dead. So if you have, if you have faith, we're saved by faith alone, but, but faith never remains alone. So your faith must be accompanied by works. Okay? So Christ did in the fullness of time die for their sins and rise again for their justification. Scripture? 1 Timothy 2.6 Who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So that, that word ransom means to buy back from slavery, that Jesus paid the price to buy us back mm-hmm. so we're no longer slaves to sin, that we are justified once and for all in God's sight. So we were justified. In one sense, we were justified the moment Jesus Christ got out of the grave Mm. because he died for the, he took all the sin of all the elect on that cross and paid for it right there. But in another sense, look at this. Nevertheless, they are not justified until the Holy Spirit doth in due time actually apply Christ unto them. Text? Titus 3, 3 through 7. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Okay, so the question is, well, if if I'm elect, then I have nothing to do. I'm just elect, so I'm going to be saved no matter what. Uh, No, that's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that the elect will be will hear the word of God, they'll respond to the word of God, and they'll place the faith that the Holy Spirit brings to them, they'll place that faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. And when they place their faith in Jesus Christ, they are justified. Okay? So, in one sense, we were justified already because in the mind of God, he knew who we were, he took our sins to the cross in Jesus, Jesus paid for our sins there. And so in one sense, we were we were. We died when Christ died. We rose when Christ rose. Yeah. But in another sense, we're not, we're not justified in, 
our justification finishes, its, finishes, works itself out when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. You know? yeah. And then boom, we are justified. Yeah. Right? Um, and so we want to teach this truth in its fullness uh, to ourselves, to our church, to our friends, to our, to our children. Like mm-hmm. we want our children, our children may be elect. Our children may, you know, if they died right now, you know, they'd go to heaven. But as they grow and as they mature, mature, we want our children to put the faith that the Holy Spirit has given them as they respond to the gospel, put that faith in Jesus Christ. So so is there a cutoff line for children? <laughs> no. I guess you would say. I don't think there, I, I, well, yeah, there, I guess obviously there is, Which but I don't. Would become a teen or? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the day of their 13th birthday. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um, and it's different. I think it's different for every child. It's different for every person. It's not just teens, you know, it can be, um, people that have mental disabilities. It could be all, all these different things. Like, um, so I, I, those are, those are things that the spirit knows that I do not know. Mm. Um, and that's, this is why I, you know, this, this brings me great comfort and this is why historically reformed preachers have said, that the children, <coughs> excuse me, that the, the children of believers are saved, mm-hmm. you know, because God's justification of them um, happened when Jesus Christ died and resurrected. Yeah. <clears throat> and if they're not given an opportunity to put their faith in Jesus, to understand the gospel and to put their faith in Christ, or they don't have the ability to, then they they're still a member of the elect and they're still, they're still saved. Right. But let's say that's not normative, right? What's normative is that a child will mature and grow up and come to an understanding and a full knowledge of the truth and would then close the loop by putting their faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. (coughs) Man, I'm not even smoking today and I'm choking over here. So, that is the those uh, article three and article four on justification, and this really is the foundation, one of the foundational doctrines of our faith, that we can have confidence that we have been justified. Yeah, that we're not on some kind of sliding scale. Uh, you know, God is kind of always upset with us, or always, you know, we're always kind of wondering about our salvation. And I remember when I was young, I, I didn't believe this and didn't know this. And I thought that if I um, sinned and then died in a car accident without repenting of my sin, that I could die and go to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I thought. And it produced a lot of fear and anxiety in me. Um, I, I remember just praying all the time, just, Lord, I f- please forgive me for all my sins. All my, you know, just because I was afraid like there's gonna be something I didn't know about. And, uh, you know, not confess it or n- and not repent of it. And then if I died or something, I would go to hell. Um, and that was a failure to understand justification. <clears throat> that me being made right with God was a once-in-all-history event, basically, because Jesus Christ lived the perfect life. So God accepted Jesus' perfect life in my place and says, okay, Jesus, you lived the perfect life. I'm going to accept that in Justin's place, because Justin is not perfect. Justin is a sinner. I'm going to accept what, what Justin owes me, a per, per, perfect moral 
life that glorifies God and enjoys him forever? Justin failed to do that, but Jesus did it perfectly. So I'm going to let Jesus's righteousness be counted to Justin. Mm -hmm. And Justin, because Justin fell short of the glory of God, Justin deserves death and condemnation. But instead of pouring that out on Justin, the wrath of God, I'm going to pour that out on my son, Jesus, who didn't deserve it. And I'm going to let Jesus take his place there. And the father accepts both gifts, the righteousness of Jesus and the sacrificial death of Jesus in my place. So now God can turn to me and have nothing but smiles, nothing but fatherly love and fatherly discipline for me, no more punishment, no more wrath. Um, And now I can be confident that everything that comes into my life, it's not a punishment for my sin. um, It's a blessing from God meant to either just be a blessing received like that or meant to discipline me, to make me more godly, to make me more like Jesus. This changes everything. This gives Christians freedom to live a life happy, right? Without the weight of legalism and the weight of fear and the weight of wondering if if God loves me, um, hanging over my head all the time. It's a wonderful doctrine that's meant to free us. And also, it's also a great doctrine for mission. Because if I think that, if I'm afraid of losing my salvation, I might be afraid to go out and be on mission because I don't want to be contaminated by sinful people. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? What if I mess up and maybe drink too much? Or what if I say, you know, do, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm afraid of being infected by other. But when I realize that I'm justified, I can go out into the world confidently that I'm not going to lose my salvation. Now, I'm not going to be ignorant and I'm not going to sin willfully, all those things. But I can go there to be on mission and really be thinking about how do I win these people to Christ rather than how do I keep my salvation? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's something that's really hard to juggle. Mm-hmm. And I think most people who aren't, don't really believe that they've been once and for all finally and completely justified by God, they aren't very good missionaries and they they're, they're, they they kind of live in their homes. They kind of yeah. they're kind of afraid to go out of live in a box. The world, live in a box. Yeah. yeah. So, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have been justified. God looks at you just as if you had never sinned, just as if you had perfectly obeyed, because Jesus's righteousness is counted to you, Amen. and the wrath of God has been turned away and put on His Son on the cross. Now, that's good news. Hopefully you will receive it as such. If you've got any questions, email me, Pastor Justin Dean at, or no, just Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. We hope to hear from you. God bless you.